welcome to the self-care corner a nurturing space where we delve into the realms of self-love manifestation and the beautiful journey of motherhood i'm nandi iman your host and together we'll explore the art of self-care discuss how to manifest your dream life and create a haven for moms seeking solace and community if you're ready to embrace your inner power reconnect with your authentic self and join a tribe of like-minded mamas then stay tuned and let's embark on this transformative journey together Welcome back to another insightful episode of the Self-Care Corner, previously Motherhood and Manifestation. I'm Nandi Iman, and if you're just joining us, I want to give you a quick overview of how the structure of the show will be. I believe in the power of focused conversation, so I've organized the show into segments that allow us to deep dive into different aspects of motherhood self-love, and self-care. In each segment, we'll tackle a specific theme that resonates with our journey as moms seeking balance, growth, and connection. And right now, we're about to embark on a special journey within the show, a segment that's all about living an intentional life. Over the next three to four weeks, We'll be immersing ourselves in the world of intentionality and exploring how it can significantly benefit us as mothers. Intentionality isn't just about setting goals. It's about creating a mindful, purposeful approach to our daily lives. As moms, it's easy to get caught up in the whirlwind of responsibilities, but by living intentionally, we can infuse each moment with meaning authenticity, and self-care. So get ready to join me on this journey of self-discovery, growth, and empowerment. Throughout this segment, I'll be sharing actionable strategies, heartfelt stories, and expert insights to help us all lead lives that are aligned with our truest desires and values. Welcome to the Living an Intentional Life segment here at the Self-Care Corner. I'm excited to have you with us as we embark on this transformative exploration. Let's dive in and discover how intentionality can positively shape our experiences as mothers and the incredible individuals that we are. Stay tuned for an enlightening conversation that just might change the way you approach each day. Welcome back to the self-care corner, the show where we dive deep into the topics that matter to moms and elevate the way we do self-care. If this is your first episode today, then I am so happy to have you. And if you're an OG listener, then hey girl, hey. (laughs) Today, we have a mind-expanding journey ahead. We're going to step into the world of decision-making those choices that shape our lives as mothers, but 
we won't just scratch the surface, we'll explore what happens in our brains, how to make those choices more positive, and ultimately how to set intentions for a better tomorrow. I am really excited. I know I always tell you that I'm excited, but I'm really excited about this specific episode because even just from putting this information together for you, I have learned so much and I feel like I have taken so much out of the context of this information that I'm going to give you. I know that I'm taking it into my daily life and um in a funny way, I guess it actually is kind of um, bringing a little bit of gratitude into my life for some some things in some areas of my life. So that's just my little tidbit on how I feel about it. I know I'm excited. I'm always excited, but let's get into it <laughs> to kick things off. Um, let's unravel what happens in our brains when we make decisions. You see, it's like this dynamic conversation between two key brain areas. First, there's the prefrontal cortex, often called the thinking and planning center of our brain, acting like the CEO boss lady (laughs) of decision-making. It actually helps us make choices by analyzing information, considering consequences, and planning for the future. Think of that as the rational part of our brain or that friend that tells you not to do it (laughs) when you're on the edge of doing something that for sure will harm you in the long run. Um, And then there's the hippocampus, which is like our brain's memory library. It stores all our long-term memories and experiences. And when we make decisions, it recalls relevant memories from the past. So she's reading the receipts. (laughs) So our frontal, our, sorry, our prefrontal cortex does the thinking and our hippocampus provides the background information from our memories and together they help us make informed choices based on both reasoning and past experiences. So it's like having a wise advisor counseling or (laughs) counseling you while consulting a library of our life's experiences. Like it's, it's tailored, it's on point. (laughs) Now, most of the time, We make decisions using a combination of rational and irrational thinking. It's a process that's even more complex, I feel, for us moms, because just think about it. We experience everything from phantom cries when we're in the shower. Um, My baby is two. And yes, when I'm in the shower, I'm so like... (laughs) Who's fighting? What's going on? Is he crying? And the kids are like, we're just watching TV. (laughs) But we do still experience those phantom cries when we're in the shower. We wake up in a panic to make sure our kids are still breathing because who told us that they weren't? Who did that? We overthink in ways like 
sending our kids to school with a jacket in the summertime because the weather app may or may not have said that there is a 30% chance of rain. And if you're here in Arizona with me, you know that 30% usually means 0%, but it is what it is. (laughs) These simple acts of deciding whether or not they make sense to anyone else They just support the notion that we have free will. So let's explore the benefits of positive decision-making. First, you'll create a sense of accomplishment within yourself. Celebrate even small decisions to build that sense of achievement. For me, I recently celebrated completing a seven-day Pilates challenge, and this was a self-guided challenge on YouTube um, from someone that I subscribe to, Bailey Brown. If you don't follow her, I definitely suggest. I know there are others out there, but that's who I follow along with. Um, Anyways, I just recently completed her seven-day Pilates challenge, and that was pretty much self-guided, you know, like she wasn't on my phone, like, hey, get up, let's get to it. It was just getting up and deciding to click on those videos and to follow along. And usually that type of structure is the first thing that I never finish, but I did. And that really did give me such a sense of accomplishment and it made me feel so, so good about myself. So celebrate, even if it's small, smaller than that, just celebrate it. Second, you'll gain confidence. Challenge yourself with decisions outside of your comfort zone and your confidence will follow suit. I've heard so many times in my life to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And a lot of times I'm like, oh my gosh, these people just like, they read quotes every day for a living and then spit them out like a computer. But that's one that has sat with me and I believe with it. I believe in it to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because confidence really does come from that in that aspect. Third, it leads to better life balance. So prioritize and organize your daily tasks. Use tools like to-do lists or time management apps to strike a balance between uh, work, family, and personal time. I am still a write-it-down kind of girl, so writing things down um, in my planner or when I'm journaling really helps me the most to keep my daily tasks in order or just to have a clear focus on my goals. Um, There are also some really, really good like daily task, daily planner apps out there. If you're looking for something more digital or interactive, if that's your vibe. (laughs) Um, I know prior to me becoming a stay-at-home mom, I actually downloaded an app called Fabulous. And I personally, um, I mainly use it just to create like healthy morning habits before work. Like I was doing the things like stretching, making my bed, um, 
you know, washing my face, stuff like that. But I wasn't eating breakfast and I could see, you know, that was really affecting my energy for work. So I used the fabulous app. I have an iPhone, so I don't know what the vibe is in the Android store. No shade. <laughs> but um, I know that it's in <laughs> the, app, the app store. Um, I do recommend it for other things if you just need like full-term life planning. But I also used for a while this app um, Structured. I used it for a few months. Um, it is what the app says pretty much. You can put in by date, time, you know, like cut out um, time frames in your day, meetings, appointments, whatever that may be. Um, it's really good for that. There was nothing wrong with it at all. It, you know, it was a pretty good app to use. I just prefer to physically write things down. So if you're like, why are you recommending these and you're not even using them? That is why sometimes I will even just use my good old calendar and my phone and the notes app. And if I need something quick just to remember to jot down or to have something I can pull up easily, I'll do that. But at the end of the day, <laughs> she writes it down. <laughs> so, but those are just, you know, some, some things you can look into. You can always just go into your app store and, and search if you're looking for something digital. Anyways, <laughs> that's just whatever your preference is. The whole point is to just make sure that you are setting that time aside, that you're getting um, structured. <laughs> you're getting structured with that time. So fourth, you'll have a better relationship with yourself. Practice self-compassion and learn from any mistakes. For myself, I had to remember that um, the word compassion just in general had to really take a deep dive into what really that means. And for me, it was easier to find compassion in my inner child. I know we're going deep here, but that's just an example of how I learned to have compassion. Or I thought about how I have compassion for my kids um, when they want to do something or they make a mistake or they get frustrated, you know, like my heart goes out to them. Really. I just want to save them from the bad feelings, but that's really what we need to have for ourselves. So it's really easy to give yourself a goal, want to achieve that goal and really have that goal for yourself. Really, you know, whatever it may be big or small, and then when that doesn't go through, after you've already made that choice or that decision, it's really, really, really easy to be extremely hard on ourselves because we're the only one that's coming to save us, right? Right. <laughs> but have some self-compassion. As many times as you will give those babies a chance after they have been screaming and screaming and screaming, after they ask you for a snack, after a snack, after a snack, <laughs> And you can still answer them no, whether you have lost your shit a little bit or you <laughs> you just give in and give them a snack, you know, like whichever way it flows that day for you. As many times as you can do that for your children, you have to do the same for yourself. It's okay. It's okay. You can't be, you can be your biggest cheerleader, but I don't want you to be your biggest critic 
I don't want you to be so hard on yourself that it makes it really hard to get back up. So give yourself grace, okay? And just keep the ball rolling. Adjust and do what you got to do to keep going. So finally, no feelings of regret. I know this, I just kind of touched on this when it comes to like self-compassion, but no feelings of regret. Reflect on your values and long-term goals before decisions, reducing the likelihood of regret. So yeah, think about it. I'm not talking in terms of like, oh, I'm going for a walk today. That's like a quick impulse that I'm going for a walk today. And if you don't do that, okay, you didn't get to it. You see how simple that is to not be as hard on yourself. But if this is something you want to make like a daily habit or you have a goal, like a weight goal or a health goal or something like that, if we're talking in the terms of like physical wellness, then really outweigh your decision. Think about what are your best steps? What is the path of least resistance to get that done? And then follow that and just do what you have to do to make sure you don't regret making those decisions, to make sure you don't regret giving yourself something to do. Um, That happens to me actually quite often, like in little tasks. I'm like, I'm going to get up and clean the entire house today and I make it to room number two. And I'm like, huh. Why? Why? Why did I do this? (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, this is really, really a big one for me um, because I was the first person to self-sabotage after making what I knew was a positive decision for my life. So I would do things like join a gym and go once for 30 minutes because I told myself while I was there that I was biting off more than I could swallow and never go back true story. (laughs) That has happened. I've actually never set foot in a gym again after that. Not to say that I don't want to. I just found a better way to reach my goals, which was at home workouts. (laughs) Also, I would do things like get into a position um, at a company or, you know, at work, and then I would do really, really good at that. And I knew that I was great in that role. I had goals that I was going to move up in that role. You know, I really felt that I was good enough to be an authority in that position, things like that. You know, like I just knew right off the bat that I was going to move up. You know, I was going to be one of those people that they talked about, oh, in just a month they did this and that was going to be me. And within a few months in, I would start to self-sabotage and regret, um, you know, doing so well or regret trying to give myself that goal. And I would find small reasons why the role is not right for me and I would start to dim my light and let my work slack and I would really let go of that goal of doing something good, something better with for myself. You know, it was a positive decision that I made for myself and that self-regret just slipped right in. So Letting that regret go, that is one benefit that sits really close with me. 
And these tips, they can help you achieve the positive outcomes of decision-making in your life. So we don't want to be going to the gym for 30 minutes after signing a contract (laughs) and never going back. We don't want to do that. We want to We want to start making positive outcomes (laughs) when it comes to our decision making. As mothers, we often find ourselves juggling countless responsibilities. We run households. We mediate sibling conflicts. (laughs) And I say that so nicely, but uh, sometimes it's more like being the, what is it? The referee in the middle of a wrestling match. Yeah. That's us. We do that. We plan the vacations. We plan the dinners. We plan the date nights. We plan everything. (laughs) We plan so much more. But how many of those things are automatic mom mode decisions? And how many are positive choices for ourselves as women? These two ideas, they can coexist Um, Because we're never going to stop being moms. We're never going to stop jumping in when the kids are fighting. You know, we're never going to stop making sure our families are okay, uh, our loved ones are okay. But we can make these two ideas coexist as long as we give them both the space to thrive. So it's all about balance. It's all about balance. So Nandi... How can we find that balance? Tell me. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. I got you. Here are just some practical strategies, just some really quick examples that um, we can actually use when it comes to finding that balance. So the first one would be to prioritize self-care. I will say this until there are no more teeth left in my face, no more lungs or air in my lungs. (laughs) prioritize self-care. Dedicate daily me time and evolve your support network to share childcare responsibilities. I am throwing all the shade at myself because I do have a village. I do have a network and I do have a partner. And there are some times when there are some things that I may want to do for myself that are self-care And I immediately take on the notion that I'm the only one that can take care of the kids. I'm the only one that can be here to run the household. I'm, you know, it can only be me. So how could there be time for me to go outside of my home to practice self-care? So do you see why I'm a little bit excited about this (laughs) episode? Because while you're learning, I'm learning, okay? Number Okay, so number one, prioritize self-care and dedicate, you know, that me time. Ask your support network to share those child care responsibilities. Number two, efficiently manage family time and responsibilities. So by this, um, I mean create a family schedule, delegate tasks to your children, give those babies some chores, <laughs> and explore some time-saving routines. So I, if I were to apply this into my daily life, um, we have a routine, let's say after school, 
but I noticed that it is very much completely, I have decided to put myself in every single um, bit of that routine. I'm the one who makes sure that they, you know, get all their stuff out of their backpack so I can see it for the day. I put myself into that position that I need to be there to check the homework. I need to be there um, to help with the homework. You know, like there's two of them doing homework. So (laughs) I'm trying to have four arms when I only have two. Um, So for me, it would just to be either have them help each other. The oldest is obviously the oldest. He has done first grade before. So I, not to say that I just want to sit there and twiddle my thumbs while they do homework because I do still want to be an active role, but um, sometimes my husband is not home just because of his work schedule. So I can't just say like, I'm about to start making him (laughs) do it. I'm going to sit down and make him do it. But on the times when he's not there, you know, like just certain things when we get home, I don't have to try and stress myself out and do it all. Maybe while they do homework, then I start prepping for dinner instead of, I don't know, I'm literally just brainstorming ideas that I should really write down. But (laughs) don't let my little brain fart here um, influence (laughs) whatever it is you need to do to efficiently manage your family. But that's just my own little tidbit on that. Number three, um, foster stronger mother child bonds, schedule one-on-one time, one-on-one quality time with each child individually. If you have more than one, and practice active listening and prioritize family activities. This one for me, I had to make sure that I I got in here because I have three. And right now the one that's getting all of my time is the baby. So it's definitely important to make sure that we are still maintaining those relationships with each of our children. Again, if you have more than one. Or if you do just have the one, you know, just make sure you're doing something extra every other day. I'm just kidding. I'm not I'm not trying to ask you to be like super mom or go out of your <laughs> out of your means, but you know, still listen to them and learn what they like, you know. My kids' favorite color changes with the wind. So it it's just nice to get that one-on-one time with them however that may be, and just listen to them and don't judge them and create safe space for them and, you know, ask them what they like to do or, you know, just just take the time, honestly, to feel all the fuzzies <laughs> with your babies as individuals because while it's benefiting you, it's benefiting them. There's no stress in getting to know your child at the level that they're at, you know, like that's not a to-do list. That's just enriching personalities and growing, growing relationships in your life. So again, number one, prioritize your self-care. Number two, efficiently manage family time and responsibilities. And number three, foster stronger mother-child bonds. Um, These are going to be really good strategies if you'd like to try and follow them just to see how it really helps you with implementing that balance in your life. 
So to wrap up, let's talk about setting intentions for positive decision-making as a mom. Here are three tailored goals with actionable steps. Um, The first one, prioritize self-care as a mom, of course. So, so sorry. There's like air (laughs) in my chest. (laughs) Um, Dedicate daily me time. Involve your support network. Explore self-care activities that resonate with you. Um, Number two, again, efficiently manage family time and responsibilities. We want you to create a family schedule, delegate tasks to your children, you know, find some time-saving routines, build that one-on-one connection. Um, And then schedule, sorry, (laughs) repeating myself, but... We want you to schedule that one-on-one time with your kids. Um, That was number three, to foster one-on-one time with your kids and just make sure that you're having a lot of family fun, one-on-one time, and making yourself feel good as a mommy in your role in your family. So these goals and actions are tailored to help mothers make positive decisions that enhance our well-beings and family management, and they nurture strong bonds with our children. So... I will put all of those in the show notes because I know it was a lot of um, guidelines there. But um, as we move on from that, I want you to consider this journal prompt to reflect. What concrete actions can I take to bridge the gap between my positive intentions and my actual decisions? So that will be in the show notes as well. Um, Just take time to reflect on that and and see where that takes you or see what comes up. Always, you can send me messages if something comes up. If you have learned as much as I have learned, I would love to hear it. But there you have it. The Self-Care Corner Squad, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) The complex world of decision-making, the intricacies of being a mom, and the power of setting intentions for positive choices. There it is. Remember, every decision you make has the potential to shape your life and the lives of those you love. So be mindful, be intentional, and keep striving for those positive choices that bring balance and fulfillment. Thank you for joining me today on the Self-Care Corner. Until next time, take care, mamas. And that wraps up another empowering episode here at the Self-Care Corner. Thank you for joining us today as we explore the realms of self-love, manifestation, and the beautiful journey of motherhood. Remember, self-care is not just an indulgence, but a vital part of your journey as a mom and as an individual. If you enjoyed today's episode and found value in our discussions, I'd be thrilled if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your support helps me create more meaningful content and reach more like-minded mamas. Don't forget to stay connected with us on social media where we continue the conversation and share additional insights. You can find me 
at Hey It's Nandi. Feel free to reach out with your thoughts, questions, and suggestions for future episodes. As you go about your day, remember that you deserve love, care, and the life that you've always dreamed of. Keep embracing self-love, keep manifesting your desires, and keep nurturing the incredible journey of motherhood. Until next time, take care of yourself, mama. You are powerful, you are loved, and you got this. Thank you for being a part of the Self-Care Corner community. Stay tuned for more inspiring conversations.